0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers
1: Andy, I was about to start then. <laughs> no, you weren't. I was going to start on five off five dead. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, i just adjust my notes. <laughs> <laughs> James, welcome back. Um, my oh, pleasure. Great as, to be back. Yeah. You could to sound more, more sincere than that. <laughs>
2: that was genuine. That is my it? sincerity. That's just is
3: post-holiday it? relaxation, isn't yeah, it? It is not it yeah,
1: you do look, You did look, You look magnificent, James.
2: Thank you. Yeah, you reject. It's you, amazing what a bit of vitamin D can do.
1: Yeah, you were rejecting the choice of jumper
2: already? Well, it depends how hot it's going to get. Very hot, but you're going to turn it up and turn it on. Very conversation. It's going to get very hot.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Shirt off on the tube on the way back. Yeah. Um, what about Maurizio Sarri and Juventus? And uh, the reason I bring this to the table to, to ask you about is because it feels to me that um, Sarri's had this long winding kind of the road. More travelled um, route to the top of his coaching game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying, maybe in the middle of last season, if you drive through uh, Tuscany, yeah, Tuscany, and a few pitch any football pitch you see, the joke is that Maurizio Sarri has probably coached that team at some point. He finds himself on the cusp of managing at Juventus for the first time and he's got bloody pneumonia.
2: Yeah, he in all likelihood will not be on the bench, which can be very serious. Yes, and is aggravated by smoking. And when you've got a a 60-a-day habit like uh, Maurizio Sarri has, he needs to look after himself. And at the moment, we don't know when he will make his official debut, I suppose, as Juventus' coach. At the moment, it looks like it could be match day two. Who are their opponents? Napoli. Wow. Which would be quite something. (laughs) But I think Sarri, you know, he's tried to shrug off um, what first seemed to be flu uh, and has now developed into pneumonia so we saw him well, a week or 10 days ago at Juventus' annual showcase game at Villa Perosa which is yeah. where the Agnelli family is from That's traditionally played every year Every right? year yeah. and uh, Juventus's A team plays the B team and you know it's around 35, 38 degrees out there and he's got a scarf on <laughs> <laughs> Wow and I think in hindsight, he should have taken the day off. He shouldn't have travelled and been with the team. Obviously, that is always seen as such a ceremonial occasion for Juventus. It's when you commune with Juventinita, Juventusness, if you like. Mm. So I can understand why he wanted to be there. He then left his assistant, Giovanni Mattuscello, to take charge of the final friendly against Triestina. But, yeah, this is, as you mentioned, Luke, it's quite a serious, um, yeah, it can be fatal. Um, pneumonia, and you know we 'll have to see whether and well not whether when he comes back um because I think he shouldn't rush back at uh, this moment in time, but yeah, not um the ideal situation for Juventus, and it 's not been an ideal summer uh, for Juventus some, so far for a for a club that has you know last year acquired Cristiano Ronaldo and could and probably should have gone unbeaten in the league last year. Um, for a team that has signed Matthias Delict um, this summer, um, and that was Delict's choice. He had the pick of all of Europe's elite. Juventus go into the season with, you know, not feeling like the usual sure thing um, that they are.
3: But I mean, how, really I, is, I, I was just going to say, we kind of think of them as, and Bayern as a pair, don't we, really? Mm-hmm. Um, similar, not entirely dissimilar resources, not entirely dissimilar expectations dissatisfaction with the European status quo, all that sort of stuff. And similarly, they've had a transfer window that at the start of it looked as if, wow, this is going to be big. And the end, well, it's not shut yet, is not quite delivered. No, I mean, I I mean think... in, in Juventus' case, obviously that's more about getting players out, isn't it? Which is something that Sally's talked talk
2: yeah, about. Yeah, I mean this has been a theme of uh, the summer in Italy is that the first half of the transfer window was about buying, making statements, making splashes, and Juventus certainly did that with Delict. The second half of the transfer market has been about selling players. And I think what's really surprising about Juventus this time around, and it is Fabio Paratici, their chief football officer. He's not the sporting director, CFO. Um, it's his first summer looking after Juventus' transfer business since Beppe Marotta was kind of ousted in a reshuffle and has now gone to Inter. Um, that he's in charge of things. And I must say, Juventus, who've been so good at selling players over the years, um, you think of you know, the, the number of players who've gone on to, you know, like Paul Pogba or... Be it they're always rebuilding. This this summer, it's almost like they haven't had a plan to sell players. They haven't lined up clubs to sell players to, and it feels like it's been quite improvised. And I think that's been problematic because players who thought they were part of the project and big name players at Juventus are all of a sudden being told, "You're on the market. You've got for sale." Signed round your shirt. Um, around your neck and I think one of the reasons why this could be problematic for Juventus is that Juventus have had no drama for the last eight years the togetherness within that dressing room within the club within that team has been one of the real strong points for the continuity of their success um, and their dominance in this period you know what does this do I suppose for dressing room harmony for the unity um, when all these players know that essentially they've been yeah, been tried to be pushed out the door and the club has been unsuccessful in pushing them out the door
3: I mean you could say this is a Europe wide problem really mm-hmm. uh, clubs struggling to sell big names uh, Barcelona have been there this summer Real Madrid have, have, have been there this summer so many other teams um, but I don't know with, with Juventus obviously the focus is going to come back to Ronaldo and the money they spent on Ronaldo how
2: did you pronounce that?
3: Ronaldo <laughs>
2: but you know, you <laughs> so, just not say it how Koreans. it's meant to yeah. be said in this
3: country.
1: <laughs> um, we, you say all this stuff, but they have moved on loads of players for loads of money. They've, moved, they've historically sold, no this this summer they've sold 180 million pounds worth. Of
2: well, players. I mean that uh, that is a process that has been um, going on for a year. So there are certain players who've been on loan mm. at clubs, and those clubs have taken up the option to to buy those mm. players. Mm. Um, but uh, and that very much if we want to get into accounting, is for the last uh, financial year. So up to June 30th. We're now into a new financial year mm. and they are making sales with that year in mind. So I would say that a lot of those sales that we've seen go through over the last year, of the summer is a paper exercise. This is the, this is the new accounting ha, year. I mean,
3: and it's not just Dybala and their 500 midfielders. People forget about Higuain. Mm. Who's earning a lot of money, and that's what when I was talking about uh, Ronaldo and the <laughs> knock on, <laughs> and the, and and the knock-on effect from from him, they're very much a apl- is a pain for them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a real burden, um, and again um, shows that you know this club that was in the past very good at selling players um, has, is now finding it more difficult, and I think that's because of the change of status that Juventus have had over the last eight years, they've gone from a club that self-proclaimed was a stepping stone to a Manchester United, to a Real Madrid, to a Bayern, is now a destination club. Mm. Players want to stay at Juventus or they want to come to Juventus. And this is a real issue, for example, with Higuain, who's come back and he's like, you know what, you've appointed the guy who I had my best season under. I think I can be a success again at Juventus. I want to stick around.
1: And people are like, you used that one with Chelsea, Gonzalo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> don't get too cracked of the whip on that line, my friend.
2: Yeah. yeah. But I mean, one of the kind of uh, most interesting observations um, from the time that was in uh, Singapore following into and Juventus was Juventus were playing Spurs and as they were warming up, uh, Higuain goes out with the the rest of the team. Um, but before he enters the pitch, Padatichi. Um, basically pulls him to one side and instead of warming up they have a discussion which lasts 20-25 minutes which you know I wasn't privy to but it was pretty animated and you can understand that the club wants to move him on they wanted him to go to Roma they wanted him to go to another club so they could get his wages off the payroll and they could maybe bring in some money for him and that hasn't happened you know with Dybala they tried to sell him not once but twice Mm. um, to Man United and then to Spurs and well i think it now looks like debale is likely to stay yeah i think they would it would be it would convenience them a lot if psg came in and said we'll give you 60 70 million for this player
1: um but the the narrative around it is always interesting because if we all know this i know you're very well connected over there james but if we all know this then the clubs who expect to buy them know it yeah. and if they expect to buy it, buy him they know that they want to get rid of him exactly So they're going to lowball them exactly. and they're not going to want to sell well that's yeah. blah, blah blah that's the that's thing that's isn't it, it yeah.
3: isn't it Luke? because it's easy to forget because I suppose primarily because of where we are and the fact that the the transfer window in in England is shut already but there's there's still a couple of weeks to go. You know, it goes over a couple of days because August 31st is on a on a Saturday this year. And I don't think we've heard the last of Neymar this summer. I don't think we've heard the last of Dybala this summer. They are going to go to the last minute not just because football clubs are like students leaving all their their work to the last minute and cramming on the final night. But but it is about brinkmanship and it's about saving face as well. That's very very important amongst the amongst the biggest but, can, Look, can,
2: To bring this back to Sarri which yeah, is how we open this, this so yeah, conversation. Yeah. Um this complicates life for him. Um because he's got pneumonia. Well, there's that, but also the fact that yeah, he has been a coach who essentially picks his starting 11. Picks the two or three guys who are going to come in and replace players in game and he sticks to it and those are the that's the group he works with and this was the big question mark about him going to Juventus is that all of a sudden you're going to have to manage a squad of 22 22 23 players some of whom are superstars with big egos can you do it hmm. and the issue that Juventus now find themselves in is the squad is too big he himself has admitted and Sarri likes to complain his and his new complaint is we've got too many good players. We need, to get, <laughs> we need to get rid of six of them. And so when it comes to entering the squad for the Champions League, given that they've sold a homegrown player in Moise Ken, they're going to have to make some very difficult decisions when it comes to the final cut for that squad. Mm. There could be a situation where a DiBala, I don't think it will be DiBala, but certainly a Manzikic, <clears throat> a Matuidi, a Rugani they could be left out of a Champions League squad. You've got a World Cup winner and a World Cup runner-up who mm. could find themselves left out of a Champions League squad. Now, that is a quite uncomfortable situation for a new manager to yeah. come into who hasn't particularly been great, I would say, at managing a squad. And that was something that was, has always been underplayed and undervalued about the job Allegri did at Juventus. Yeah. Keeping a, a squad of superstars happy when can't play them every week yeah and I think that's going to be a major major issue for him
1: have there been any um reports out of the club about how much the players are enjoying this style of Surrey's Mm. so different are they are they into it are they not into it what's the what's the chat
2: yeah they're they're into it it's completely different um from what they're used to um and I think again yeah there's been a lot of Churn at Juventus, both in term, made, mainly in, in in terms of players over the years, but there's some guys who've been there, yeah, you know, throughout. Yeah, you know, Buffon knows what it was like under Conte and what it was like under Allegri. As does Chiellini. As does, does Um And yeah, they've been saying that. Yeah, it's like it's like relearning football essentially, um, and they seem to be um, enjoying it so far, buying into it. it I think it is going to take time, which I think is is really interesting because I think Conte at Inter will not give them any time whatsoever he'll, he'll be like you have to get this right straight away otherwise I'm going to take the lead and I'm hmm. not going to give it up Right. and I think that is going to be pretty fascinating um, to, to to follow over the course of the season because I think in, in Italy this year it's not going to be a monologue um, with Juventus just having their say and that be it I think there are three teams that can win the league this year they are Juventus, Inter, and Napoli. Um, and I think it's going to be quite a close title race, which I think will go all the way to the end.
0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today.
1: Did you guys see Ribery going to Fiorentina? Did you see that coming? <laughs> Is that out of the blue? <laughs> it felt like it was a bit out of the blue to me. <laughs> Yeah, you
3: guys have got your your to the ground though, perhaps a bit more than I. I thought I was led to believe that Spartak Moscow was more likely. I don't know if, if that was confirmation bias because I felt well, I, I knew I knew Fiorentina he's were interested. And too close to Spartak. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> he's too
2: close. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: it's just more money, and you know that 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 uh, seemed the obvious thing, I, and I, I just didn't dare believe it. Like Riverita Fiorentina is too beautiful. Did you see him? Arriving at the airport. And what I love is the fact that a lot of people thought Ribéry was done. A lot of people thought he was off to China or the Middle East. And then, not only does he arrive at Fiorentina and he looks fabulous in the polo. He's not even got the proper shirt on yet. (laughs) (laughs) But the Club TV channel comes up to him and he's speaking in almost perfect Italian. Mm. And this there's always been... This That's what years beside
2: Luca Toni will do for you. Yeah. Well, ex-
3: Exactly. He, the first thing he mentioned was Luca Toni, wasn't it? Yeah. Obviously, they were brought together for the, the trauma of Louis van Gaal. Yeah. uh the sort of Stockholm syndrome, I suppose. But I think the fact that is it's ribbery again defying expectation because th- the assumption is that he's thick. And there he is. He's never played in Italy in his life. And he turns up and he's, he's chatting to the
1: club TV in Italian. I'm curious to know Italian.
2: what? You think about this, Luke? Because it's <clears> a 36 year old going to Serie A. Yeah. Club like Fiorentina, which has a demanding fan base and wants to see that team successful be it getting into Europe, be it having a cup run. Do you think that. I mean, what what is your instinct when you see that? Are you excited or do you do yeah, you I see think... through it and think, oh, they've.
1: I, no, I love it generally when a player. <clears throat> I mean, because how many. How many trophies did they win at Bayern at twenty four, something like that? It's a club. Is it a club record? It's something. It's very,
3: very high up there. More, more titles than any other individual player in I, uh, more Bundesliga titles than yeah. every any other individual player in Bayern's history. There you go. And if you think, and that speaks for itself. But if
1: you think of um, who did they have up front last season, uh, Chiesa and Simeone as well. Simeone, two two young forwards, mm. different types of players, but forwards nonetheless. I think. It's an absolute no-brainer. Free transfer. He's going to be commanding some wages, but I wonder how many, how much in terms of wages he is actually commanding. He's going to make more. He's going to have made more money than he's ever going to earn anyway. So, he's not going there for money reasons because, as you said, he would have gone yeah. somewhere else. So it's a, it's a bit of a it feels a bit of a no-brainer. Provided he's not so disruptive because we know what he has been like in the past. Occasionally, he's not so disruptive that he he upends it all. But if you if you, I always go back to. Ferguson and what he said about Laurent Blanc when he came in said look he didn't play as much as I wanted him to but I mean just him having him around the training ground was amazing well
3: they've they've played it like they're making accommodation for him already Pulgar who's just arrived Mm. has already said okay I had the number seven shirt but it's yours
2: (laughs) no I mean that's a really um, good point Luke that you 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 raise about um what these kind of legends, I suppose, are like around the training ground because Fiorentina last year, they had the youngest team in Europe's top five leagues. It was too raw. You saw that they had a lot of talent. But when things started to go wrong, they didn't have anyone to steady the ship and they panicked and they ended up only surviving on the on the final day of the season and so that is why you've seen them A. sign Ribery B. sign Kevin Prince-Boateng they've tried to bring in players who have been around the block a bit and are a bit streetwise and I think yeah, you know, the the big picture about this is this is the new owner of Fiorentina wanting to make a statement mm. um, because just just by virtue of not being the Dele Valle brothers Fiorentina have already sold 22,000 season tickets Yeah. And now, um, yeah, I think if they if they were to increase the allocation, it, that allocation, yeah, that they could they could practically sell out the stadium with season tickets because they, Fiorentina, are a club that have either, um, in terms of superstars, um, they've either got them young when they're nobodies and they have become superstars at Fiorentina and then they've yeah. been sold on, yeah. or they're kind of homegrown players who've become fan favourites. So yeah, we're talking sort of you know, Batigal and, you know, Rui Costa were younger and kind of to be polished, I mm. would say. And then, you know, over the years now you've got Chiesa, Bernadeschi, or you've got the players that like Corvino would sign from Serbia, like Jovetic mm. and, and and the like. Um, Ribéry is the, I think the first kind of established, um, you know, world, worldwide known um, champion that Fiorentino have signed in a long long time um, and you know I, I looked at it and I was like oh, is he going to be motivated um, but if you look at the way he's A the choice that he's made he's not gone to China he's not gone to Qatar where he could have made a lot more money B the way I think the, the contract is actually mm. uh, has been has been drafted is that it's a, it's very incentivized and he yeah. wanted that he wanted it to be based on I, appearances I just don't think, goals assists um,
1: I just don't think unless you're a Total mercenary, and you can say what you like about River. He was at Minute for a long time. I yeah. imagine, you know, it's the same as any job. You want to make more money, you nip it around different places because you mm. get an increase in salary each time. He started at Byron for a long time. He's clearly earned more money than realistically he's ever going to have spent anyway. And, and, I, and I think with, um, it's the same, even with, despite the gold stakes. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. He spends a bit of time at Salt Bay, so maybe he will. Well, have he's now
2: him. gone to what I think is the the capital of stakes What's in that? Europe no goals no required, required. <laughs> yeah, okay. Florence well, which if he wants be if, Fiorentina I'm surprised it's...
1: he didn't sign for Bocker or River if, he, if well, that's after stakes name. yeah, yeah. But, but anyway I was just going to say in all walks of life with young pe- inexperienced people in whatever trade it is you know football is definitely a part of this young players are fine when it's going well mm. generally speaking if it's mm. going well you've got a good team you're winning games it's fine it's when things start to go wrong they start looking around. Yeah. They start looking around, they see someone like Ribéry on the pitch. Provided he's not an absolute head case, I don't know him, but um, provided he's not...
3: providing a, he's not driving the bus. you are Quite.
1: Then <laughs> they're going to say, well, you know what, this guy, even if it's subconsciously, they're going to say, well, this guy knows what's going on. Oh, he's been in mm-hmm.
3: before, you know. I mean, James, does this fill some sort of void? Because the thing we saw after the tragic death of Davide story mm. is that those young players immediately after they they stepped up under Pioli, and, yeah. and, and they did really well. Did people expect too much of them after that?
2: A bit because they finished that season strongly, and I think everyone is aware that they have got some really talented young players. Um, I think Luke is right in saying that when things start to go wrong, you need someone there who can basically say, "It's all right, guys. Don't be phased by this. Yeah. We can come through it." The issue was is uh, what well, the issue at the time. In, in February, when that happened, was Pioli was entering the final year of his contract. He was like, "Are you going to offer me a new one?" And they were like, "Well, we'll wait and see." And he was like, "Well, I'm going to resign then." And right. he resigned, right, and right. all of a sudden, everything just went to pot, and they they found themselves in a in a in a spiral. I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how well Vincenzo Montella does because Montella did very well in his first spell at Fiorentina. He won a trophy at Milan, I think did a better job than a lot of people give him credit for, then was destabilised by the new owners coming in and buying a whole new team for him. Since then, the severe job um, and you know what he did uh, second half of last season when he came in for Pioli, um, the jury's out on Montella. Is
3: uh, he lucky to still be there?
2: Yeah, I think so, because, because whenever there's a change of ownership, um, ultimately you owners want to bring their own guys in um, and I think he's been to some extent quite fortunate because um, Comiso and Joe Barone the guy Joe Barone he's, yeah, no, <laughs> Joe <laughs> Barone um, th- they've come in and they've essentially brought back the old uh, management team that was there when Montella was first in charge so Daniele Prade for example is the sporting director so he's someone who trusts Montella but I mean you know I was Last week, there was the first round of the Coppa Italia and they were playing Monza, which is now owned by Berlusconi and Galliani. And they were losing 1-0 until like the final 10 minutes. And Fiorentina threw some kids on from the bench and they saved the day for them, rescued them. Um, you know, I mean, if if they'd gone out of the cup in the first round and that's their, I would say that's their big objective along with getting into Europe already, I think, you know, the daggers would be drawn on, on 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 Vincenzo Montella, so they've got a really tough start to the season um as well. So they need Ribery to hit the ground running. My final thought on this is: you've got Ribery; he'll probably be playing. Well, he can play either side, but maybe on the left. Then you've then at the moment there's interest. There's talk of a bid for Sassuolo's Domenico Berardi, who's a player who likes to play on the right. If you're signing these two players. What does that say for the future of Federico Chiesa? Now Chiesa. Apparently has had for a long time a an agreement, a verbal agreement with Juventus. I don't see how Juventus can actually finance and fund that move um, at the moment. But nevertheless, exchange for Higuain, and part exchange for
1: fourteen players.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Higuain! I mean, Higuain says he doesn't want to go anywhere else in Italy, and that's why he's dug his heels in um, at Juventus. But I mean, if I were Higuain, yeah, you know, I would quite fancy being a number nine at Fiorentina, where there's you know, you've got the. Battistuta legend, you know, sort of, yeah, but he doesn't fancy
0: it.
1: Andy, you must be cock a hoop because um, your beloved Leon are yet to concede a goal in Ligue 1. Despite playing against a 10 man Monaco and a. What I'm cocker. Poor Angers. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, you can say they're poor after they've lost 6 0. I mean. Well, when
3: else am I going to say
1: it? <laughs> you mean, I'm a European football expert. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, I have to say, if from cocker hoop about anything, it's uh, the, the welcome home for I mean, Have you ever seen a reception like that for a, a sporting, sporting director? Yeah, yeah. They have a huge. Uh, I saw one for Mina Raola. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a um, display for him. That's uh, J Medical for you. They had a huge display for him with a big graphic of him on one of the Virage. Uh, flares, songs, all the rest of it because he's he's home after 10 years. And you can't separate this start of the season from Janinho. I mean, James and I were talking about it before and um, he was saying what a pleasant surprise Silvino is and um, of course he's a rookie coach you know he's he's, he's never been a, a top flight first um, head coach before um, but I, I mean he's been quite relatively clear shall we say on that uh, he's he's picking the team but it hasn't been difficult to find players going yeah Janino's talked to us loads he's told us the formation in which we're going to play
2: well, this stood out for me watching uh, the goals that they scored in both of these games they're just players who have clearly been told, if you if you, if you want to have a go from distance, have a go. <laughs> that, that tells me Juninho has been in their ears. Got
1: his dirty fingerprints yeah. all over yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But uh, I mean, I've been impressed. Um, yeah, Lukey's right to point out that um, you know, in both of these performances, yeah, they've either played a poor side or a team that's down to ten men, but. Yeah, that, that's Monaco every week at the moment, James. Well, yeah, yeah, but um, Jean-Michel Aulas, the the owner of Lyon, uh, came out a few weeks ago and said, "Look, I've taken a step back. Um, for the first time in you know my long ownership of this club, I've decided that I'm not going to be calling the coach every day, asking you know how training went or what his ideas are for the game at the, at the weekend
3: because they're Janinos.
2: Well, exactly. <laughs> so he, he's left it to Janino, um, and." yeah that is if you look at Lyon, i mean this is this is a club that has was and i think now is again um one of the best examples of a player trading club that that you'll you'll find
3: it's taken them a long time to to get back to that point hasn't it and um you know they've done well. their their idea was always to sell and and fekia this summer they were hoping to Sell Fekir for a little bit more money, but you know his his difficult debut um, for for ten man Betis, and yeah, they were ten man against of uh, the lead. I think gives you a little idea of the fact that you know his his value has declined. You know, there's no getting around that. How however brilliant you, you think he is, the fact that he did have a year left of contract. But really, the interesting one I I, th- I think was Folar Mendy because that was a deal, I guess, like Monaco with Benjamin Mendy that they weren't expecting it was just they weren't really intending to sell him but it was such a, a huge fee they didn't really feel they could they could say no now they've they've got themselves a very good replacement very quickly though in uh, Yusuf Kone who um was at the um African Cup of Nations but came back really quickly and has come straight back into the team and looked at the business i mean they probably wouldn't have played him so far but the fact is they were that they were stuck in in terms of other left backs. Like uh, Marcel was injured, uh, Rafael, who is a bit of a loose cannon at the best of times, but was 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 put out there to left back to cover him. He got injured as as well. He's quite prone to to muscle injuries, so Kone had to come straight in. And th- that has really been the feeling with with Leon in in the start of this season that they've hit the ground running really quickly after no preseason to speak of. You know that they had. What half a game against Liverpool, where they were kind of okay in Geneva, got battered by Bournemouth, did And yeah, they got absolutely hammered by Bournemouth, and um, you know there was there was concern already there. So for for then them to have come into the season and said, right, it's business now, let's go, and been so so ready, I think
2: has has, has been really
3: really notable.
2: Um, also, because Silvino at this at this moment, I think I'm right in saying this, because <clears throat> last says he communicates with him in English, doesn't speak French. So again, Janino is taking training. Janino is taking the so team how, talks. How does doing even, it all. How does Savino <laughs> even know it's happening?
3: <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is, Savino, Savino can give press conferences or chats in a number of different languages. Just none of them are French yet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think he'll get there there, there fairly quickly. I, I think that's a that's a kind of red herring. But I, I feel with with Leon, the front half of the team was fine anyway. Mm.
1: I was about to say the front the front six with this I mean, to be fair to Angers, they they won. Their opening game against Bordeaux because I I took the piss out of you at the time because you were big enough Palo so And the then their
3: their the, the man of the match in that yeah. Jeff Rayne Adelaide yeah signs for Leon exactly
1: uh,
0: and
3: they they have a gentleman's agreement that you can't play in that game on Friday night but but Leon didn't need but them. In the they'd end. also
1: dominate. They, I mean, if you watched that game, the lyon Andre game, they dominated the ball as you'd expect at home, but they also dominated the midfield area. I mean, they were so they had so many extra numbers in midfield, it was unbelievable. And the whole front
2: six really of Leon, from what I saw, were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I also think one of the and they can deal with it. That they made was Joachim Anderson from Sampdoria, who for me is a player that could be playing in a top six side in the Premier League. Um, he's a very good defender. Oh yeah, just um, piping slippers out against Ange. Yeah, now, Trust me on that, I'm telling you. But
3: but yeah. that's that's the thing, isn't it? They've strengthened in the areas where they needed to, which, yeah. which wasn't the front part of the team. So um, they needed at least one quality centre-back and Anderson seems to be settling quite nicely despite coming into pre-season training quite late. Um, then you look at uh, Thiago Mendes, who's who's been brilliant in midfield so far, who knew the league. So he's like a, a compromise really between Florio Maurice, who was... Head of recruitment for a very long time for Leon and and still is, but feels maybe a little bit threatened and a little bit compromised by. The, the arrival of Janina, who, as <laughs> is as there anyone in the sort of greater
1: area of the city? It doesn't feel cut, like sort of a little bit of put out by Janina. Oh, yeah, he's got his Dracula cape on. There. There, 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 there. There's no doubt about it's, it's it. It's a very, it's a very, um, it's a food center of, of, of France these days, isn't it, Leon? Is, is there any, are there any Michelin for, star chefs been, who are just worried about Janina going <laughs> to walk in and start kind <laughs>
3: of <to laughs> taking it's over been, the mise en scène? <laughs> it's been the food center of, uh, uh, of Europe uh, yeah. for, for like the last 400 years. Don't let yeah, um, James, James you say at the Don't let Yorkshire James Horncastle but uh, the, the, the thing is that um, Thiago Mendes is a great compromise signing because he's somebody who's played in France for a couple of years with Lille, but he's Brazilian. So he's acceptable to, to Juninho. He's accepting, uh, acceptable to Florian Maurice. And he's totally ready for this chance. And he's totally acclimatized to the league. Mm. So he's a signing that keeps everyone happy in uh, the upper parts of the club. And he's improved the team straight away, and he's been brilliant in the, in the first couple of games.
1: Um, what, we we're talking a little bit earlier about Jardim at Monaco, and whether he is uh, in danger of taking a big old piss all over his own legacy at, at, at the club in the season that they started so badly, and yes. they look they've looked poor. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, it's, it's 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 strangely mirroring the situation that Saddam might find himself in in, in Real Madrid, and maybe we'll talk about that. But, but um, I mean, are you are you guys thinking already? Guy shouldn't have gone back there, or is it too early to say
3: that? I, I think it is too early to say because we're talking about a a team, a squad, a club that is bottom of the league, fe- and have scored no goals. Yeah, but that is yeah because they're they're a club that's feeling the effects of of profound change, not just from now or not just from the last six months, but from like, really a, a long time now. Like I think we can go back to, to 2017 really, you know, that there, there, there was, there was a lot more turnover than, than they expected. And then you look at the changes at the top, you look at um, the change in sporting director, um, with uh, Luis Campos going, who's, who's, who's doing a good job at Lille now, and uh, Michael Emanalo coming in, who's since gone as well, and it, it, it's tough for Monaco to cope with. I don't think you can lay it all on on Jardim at all. I mean, yeah, there's there's an argument that he shouldn't have gone back, but really, he never really he never really went away, did he? I mean, he was doing the full David Brent coming into the office with his dog thing, wasn't he? Insert it? Thierry Henry eyebrow raising gif here. What well, <laughs> do, do you notice? that Thierry Henry has given an interview, I think it's the Telegraph, speaking about, for the first time, speaking on record about his experience with Monaco and that he hopes to come back coaching again. I mean, interesting moment for it to, to come out. I'm not saying that he's going back to Monaco, but maybe <laughs> what's, what's happened with Jardim thinks, makes him think, well, maybe I don't look as bad now. Um, highlight of the weekend is
1: Eduardo Camavinga, right? We had a lot of emails. Oh, Yeah. OTC otcatfootballrambleday.com is the email address. We had a lot of emails almost instantly after his performance for Ren against PSG, particularly that. And, and I think I think there's two fa- factors here. Of course, we're used to seeing young players, exciting young players coming through and, and then in some cases moving on for huge amounts of money. Giao Felix, for example, would be one. But Kamavinga is 16 years old. And in the position he played against a such a good team, and to still stand out and and shine,
3: and to have only been a pro officially for what three days? It was two
1: days, I think. Yeah, two or three days, and that assist for I can't remember if it was the first or the second goal. That no, was second the goal. second goal the by um, yeah. Castilla. Um, it was amazing. What, what, did you see that? James, presumably, you saw that. What, what do you what do you make of him?
2: Impressive. Um. You know, I I, th- I still think that... I mean, what what is impressive about Camavinga, I suppose, is that yeah, many people, I think, are looking at this as, as though it's his debut and it's not. He was brought into the team beyond uh, the kind of second half of last season. Um, but in that game, particularly the composure, um, the, uh, he seemed unfazed, there was no fear to his game. And again, to, to play in a position where you have a lot of responsibility um, because... A lot of a lot of Ren's play goes through He
3: was almost playing the whole, yeah, against mm-hmm. PSG.
2: Yeah, Man- managing
3: to not get chopped in half by Varati. Yeah, and God knows he tried. But the, mm-hmm. the thing is, and and you say that. And I, and
1: I think you're only half joking there, and absolutely right. I mean, if you're Verratti, that's what you would, that's what you would be doing. I'm not saying you go well. out to hurt the boy, but you you go out to stop him playing. Mm. And and if he's not got the experience to deal with it, that's
3: great for your team. That's yeah. part of the job, I think. He wasn't able to do it anyway. Yeah, was he? Yeah. Well, he was fantastic. But Ren have this tradition of a really terrific academy, and I, I think it's natural that we look at the. Did the Villa come through there?
2: Yes. Yeah. I usually not play sticks to my mum when I think of a
3: player coming through at right Yeah. Yassin Brahimi. Oh, Brahimi as well.
2: Is y- the same as, y- as y- Dembele as well. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, him. Okay. Uh, Dembele. Johan um, Gorkouf. I mean, going back years and years and years, they've got a terrific academy. People now, I think because but I post Benzema and Ben Arthur particularly, look at the the Lyon academy. But the Ren academy is, is, has been pretty much as good as it for the last... 10 15 years, right. and so for them to produce another player of this sort of quality, it's not an enormous surprise, but yeah, that the, the age of him I mean, that's that's something different. I mean, normally 16 year olds don't get given pro contracts, you know, it's, it's, it's too soon. Um, I'm still waiting for mine, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't even remember 16 years old, James. None of us
1: can, yeah. I, I just think he's a really exciting player, and then is. I wonder if I wonder how many games he can play when he's still growing at that age and stuff and it's interesting well I
3: think he's got a smart coach in uh, Julien Stefan who will not overuse him Rennes is a great place to develop because despite having uh, the richest owners in French football um, even after Jim Ratcliffe completes his, his, his purchase what, of his, this week wealthier than Jim Ratcliffe yeah really yeah, the Pinot family are wealthier than Jim Ratcliffe Are wow. you,
2: are you not classing PSG as being in French football
3: I, I I I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised at the so, so Jim Ratcliffe who's
1: Britain's
2: We're, most, d- we're talking about man. individuals though. We're
3: not talking about like, states. states. Yeah. Of okay,
1: yeah, so, so right. Jim Ratcliffe will technically be only the third richest owner in France.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's mad as. well.
1: Wow. Yeah. Until, until James Horncastle moves over then they'll
3: be the fourth. But
1: the, well, the me and Jim is, as
2: we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fellow East Yorkshire man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the thing is that new technical director. The, yeah. the thing is they've they've not really chucked money at, at, at Rennes, the pinos it's, it's, it's never been like that. It's a club that's ha- had to be self-sufficient. And because of that, yeah, if they get into Europe, as they will be this season, it's, it's nice, but it's not always expected. So you have a club of a decent size, a club where something's expected, but not everything's expected. I think if you're a player of... Of, of that sort of age and that sort of talent it's a really terrific place to develop as we saw with, with Ousmane Dembele. Is he, and a final question for me on, 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 on Ren, I think, is
1: he being played in that position then at that age because it's very much part of Ren's sort of MO to bring these young players through, or is he genuinely the best no, player he, in that he, position? He's just
3: good enough. Okay, fine. he's just good is enough. Is he
1: the best player in that position at the club? Yeah, I think so. Okay, fair enough. What have you made of um, the Real Madrid Tribute Act? At the weekend. The, the tribute act to the great Real Madrid well, side. They're ahead of Barcelona. They won. I suppose yeah. they won, didn't they? Yeah. What I'm getting All at good. Is, is, you said to me, James, earlier, that eight of the players who played against, did they play Celta Vigo? Yes. yes. Um, eight of the players played were from the last regime. Mm. And it would have been nine had... Uh, Carvajal. Carvajal been around. And yeah, Zidane's stated aim or role within the club is to try and move on beyond what they did before. mm is that is that something that you, people should be worried about? I mean, not that anyone really worries about Real Madrid, but if you, if you were to worry about them,
2: would you worry about that? Well, in that respect, it's it's an old team. Um, yeah, ultimately, it's it's the one that won what four Champions League titles in in five years, and yeah, on the back of the summer that they've had, where they've felt the the need to reinvest and overhaul that team, it was quite interesting that Match Day One they go back. To what worked for Zidane and what the had midfield, stopped working,
1: the midfield's feels crazy. Modric got sent off. Uh, Casemiro Ooh, and Cruz. Gross.
2: Yeah, <laughs> here comes the new regime. Yeah, and look, I mean, a lot of these new players have have arrived at different times over the summer. Some aren't fit. Some are injured. It's it's, clear by that- the
1: way, Isco still on the bench? Gutting. <laughs>
3: He's like, for goodness' sake!
2: <laughs> it's clear that. Zidane um, at this stage of the season it's early days he's going with what he knows and who he can rely on and, and that sort of thing but still mm-hmm. I expected to see some of the, the, the new batch integrated um, and you know from, from the start as I think many of the fans would who you know turned out and, and seemed to be quite excited about the the, the, the new prospects of this team
1: Will um, the natives get restless about it do you think?
2: No because I think ultimately they're going to what have three games before the international break um and i think in time we will see um these players integrated i think the issue is 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 how many of them are you know there's hazard of course but how many of them are really a lot better than the players who were in that first team at the moment and maybe not certainly entering the twilight of their career i mean one of the things that's been surprising to me is certainly looking at the Italian papers just to just see that there is this sense that Luka Jovic who they spent 70 million euro on is apparently being offered around to be loaned. Yeah,
3: and that that those, those rumors started in Serbia like a a month or so ago. Do you, you put any credence in that? Well, the, the the talk is that Zidane has not been hugely impressed with him in training. And I think this is the the biggest issue with Zidane. I mean, you know, there's been so much focus on Atletico and the turnover there and Simeone can he really change does he want to change? I think we have to ask the same question about Zinedine Zidane because he's doing a completely different job, a, t- a totally different type of job um, to the one that he was doing when he's he's first at Real Madrid. He's required to evolve the team, which he wasn't before. And you know, can he can he do that? I mean, before I, I think you, you look where it unravelled in that final season. It looked like after the 2017 Champions League final that Real Madrid were set for um, a long spell of domination, both in Europe and at home. It was difficult to see how you could improve the eleven, and it looked as if they were stacking up the young players to take them through the next generation. You guys but, talked about that a lot the start yeah. of last season. Yeah. But but Zidane as Zidane in it towards the end of his first spell. Really struggled to bring those players through,
2: and so you've got Teo Hernandez, who is now at Milan. Yeah, you've got he has been through Ceballos, a couple of clubs. He's at Arsenal.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and people talk about how Bale's been mistreated, and it's mm. like, oh, come on, you know, this, this this is this is Real Madrid. Ceballos was very badly treated, very badly treated, and Zidane was actually required to publicly apologise to him for you know bringing him on with a. Uh, a minute left in one game, I think it was at Getafe. And, you, you know, you, you look at the way that um, Ceballos has, has, has come into the the English game, he's playing like a player, and certainly did in that game against Burnley, who's been fed on raw meat. You know, he feels yeah. like someone who's been in cold storage for a while, and you don't really know how a player's going to react after they, they come out of that. For him, he's dying to... It's like to, he had something to, to prove to make in a big lost, way. Lost time. Yeah. Exactly. And so... I don't think we should assume immediately that Zidane's going to be brilliant at bringing all these players through. And admittedly, for example, Gareth Bale coming back into the team, who is definitely doesn't fall into the category of his trusted guys, I think that's that's pretty clear. But it's, it's sort of postponing the future. We can kind of throw him a bone because of the injury to Eden Hazard, for example. Can't can't we? I mean, there's there's nothing he can do about that. If he can't shift Bale. I think he has to play him. He has to keep him involved. One, because when he's fit, he's good enough. And two, because if they ever harbour any hopes of selling him or loaning him or in any way getting him out the door, they have to prove that he's still a footballer, don't yeah. they? Um, but if, as James is saying, Zidane is, or as you're saying, Luke, is, if Zidane's like retreating into his old shell, medium term, that's a difficulty. I think we have to say, north of... El Clasico. The results don't really matter that much, like, like in, in, unless they do absolutely terribly or unbelievably well, it's it's almost not irrelevant, but it's it's not that important. To, to, it's it's not it's not the be all and end all unless they get themselves in a position where they're going to get eliminated from their Champions League group, they're ten points behind at the top, or they win all of their games and Barcelona slip up a couple of times. It's, it's not that much in focus. He can but, kind of get on with it. But if, he, if it gets to the point where, say if they do well and they get to El Clasico, they're playing the same team as they're playing at Celta. Celta without Santi Mina, we have to say that. So uh, it's one of those games that looks difficult in, on paper, but it's not the toughest game they could have had on the on the first weekend of the season. If he turns up with that team that played at Balaidos and loses the first Clasico, he's he's got a problem. There's no doubt. Because it's one of those situations I feel
1: like um, that all all of what you said there notwithstanding, if if he has a even one poor result, I mean, I'll go even further than what you said, Andy. If he has even one poor result, the knives will be out because straight away the, the Madrid press will say, look at that fucking midfield. Look at what you've done. You've got eight or nine players in there that we, we knew were brilliant two, three years ago, but now they're all two, three years older. A couple of them have left, and one of them, particularly in, in Bale's case, you wanted to move on, but now you're sort of going back on yourself. So it it kind of gives the impression that he's, he's second-guessing himself all the time and he's got an because of what he's achieved there I suppose he's got an unimpeachable reputation for now but he isn't always gonna have that I mean he, he won't be the first person with a great reputation to be a legend of that club to be pulled over the coals and he knows it so he is gonna have to think of something pretty quick and, and, and one thing I would add to that is that I can't see why he's that Real Madrid weren't in for jail Felix. I just cannot see that. I know you said you were gonna say straight away where well, they sign Hazard well, mm. they can both play in the same team. Hazard can play off off the left. Brilliant, brilliant. Hazard well, can play through
3: the middle. Giro Felix can actually play as a
1: number nine. He can play as a second striker as well. Mm. And he can play... He, but, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have seen him as much as you guys. I mean, no one's seen that much. I mean, he's only 19. But he's he most effective through the middle, right? Yeah, I, I and, think... And Hazard is most effective. How have Atletico Madrid got a,
3: a, a free run at Hazard Felix? All, all I would say is... Say if they had have got Joel Felix, who I think would be a terrific signing for... Him anyone then they're lumbered with another player they have to sell in Benzema I'm not saying that's not a reason not to sign him but we're talking about the difficulty that going right back to the beginning of this that they have in selling players that they have in selling bail Bale Asensio obviously can't go anywhere because he's long-term injured now um Isco as a, as a potential big money sale if they're at a position and you know, notwithstanding what um, the relationship between Zidane and Benzema and uh, how Zidane rates him, if they've got to sell him as well, well, I mean, it's it's just another right. another other, problem. I'm not sure the money ad, works.
1: So they want part. to do sure Vinicius as
2: well.
3: I've got no, yeah. I know they've got Vinicius,
1: but I mean, I understand that. <laughs> With Benzema, he had his best score on return last season, I think, didn't he? Since he's been there, he scored loads of goals. But he is
2: what 31, 32 now.
1: But and as you, part of your club to bring players through to push those strong pla those older players onto prove that
2: should I was I was gonna make this point when we were talking about how Zidane um did not bring on or bring through the young players that they'd aggregated over the years. And you think of some of the guys that they sold and they brought back, and one of them is Mariano Diaz. Oh. And Diaz again is being yeah, you know, shopped around Europe at this moment in yeah. time. And you look at it and you just wonder. I think the same happened with Morata as well. Morata was went back to Real Madrid and thought I'm going to get a good crack of the whip. I'm going to be the future number 9 of this club and it didn't happen for him. They're not very good uh, when it comes to um I mean on, on paper they're good at succession planning, but when it comes to in practice it's it's clearly not not working. And if I was Joao Felix, of course, the opportunity to go to Real Madrid It'll probably come around again at some stage, although it'll be difficult for him to make that move now, being at Atletico. Make it indirectly, yeah. They'll put a club but, in between them, won't they? Yeah. But yeah. I think um, you know he he might look at that and think, okay, I can go to Atletico and I'm replacing Griezmann. Um, I, I will be starting and playing.
1: Oh, I can see why week. he went there. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. The, I'm just is, saying, why the, have they not vied for his signature at some point?
2: Yeah, well, I think. I mean, it, ultimately, it came. It probably came down to how much powder they had in the keg mm. and what they blown it on and it yeah it was it was evident that Hazard was going to be there Hazard and then in Zidane's kind of ideal sort of situation Pogba and that yeah that hasn't happened as yet to happen but
1: they they, they they were happy to go in for Luka Jovic who's also a forward who now they and They went very early going, yeah no, their coach doesn't think Jovic. he's very good in training he got 60 million
3: I mean, funnily, funnily enough, going, how is this even possible? Going back to going back to Benzema, medium term, playing with Benzema will help Jovic. but not if, not if he's on loan in Germany. It won't. No, that's why I said medium term. Yeah, okay.
1: We're done. Well done, guys. That was great.
0: This was a Stakhanov production.